Welcome everybody to the 168 podcast, where we are aiming to help people connect corporate worship and everyday discipleship for all 168 hours of the week. I am Jordan Bird, and I'm joined by Mitch Knight, and we are going to just have a conversation about that very topic, about some of the things we notice in cor- corporate worship and some of the elements that come up there, not necessarily from our recent experience, but just in general, uh, things that come up in corporate worship and then how those things extend and blend into following Jesus the rest of the week. So that's really the aim of what we want to do in our conversation. Do you want to add anything further, explain it a little bit further? Yeah, I mean, something that's been brought up in our church a lot is that we're not really going to worship to get fed. Our spiritual diet doesn't just consist of one hour during the week. Our relationship with Jesus is a lifestyle, which implies that that takes place way outside of just Sunday, right? I mean, you think about a relationship, a healthy relationship with another person. If Jordan only saw his wife one hour a week, you know, there might be some issues, but they obviously live together. They have a family. They spend a lot of time together because they're both invested in maintaining a healthy relationship. And God is our partner in our relationship who's invested in having a healthy relationship with us, but we need to be with him and we need to constantly follow after him. So that's kind of why we're uh, doing this podcast. Yeah, I did a sermon series a while ago when I had the opportunity to preach for multiple weeks uh, called 167 Discipleship. And it was about this very idea that I got from uh, another podcast, another show that uh, Pro Church Tools with Brady Shear does, and they talk about um, seizing the 167, so seizing the, the 167 hours of the week. And so we're kind of going off of that idea, but trying to also kind of blend and and have a conversation about how Sunday morning impacts the rest of the week and how the two interact together and how they're not separated from each other, but they flow into each other. So that's a lot of what our conversation wants to be about. And this week, what we wanted to have a conversation about, uh, a little bit goes off of the most recent sermon that happened at Clarence Church of Christ that Mike Bowers gave, and he talked about the importance of baptism. And you can go to that message at the CCC uh, website or YouTube page and, and watch it there. Um, we're not necessarily going to delve that much into it, but we did want to sort of take this idea of like the message he gave on Sunday and the topic baptism and what does that have to do with flowing into the rest of the week? How does that impact our everyday discipleship? How does that affect how we follow Jesus each and every day? So that's kind of the basis of our conversation today and, and what we want to talk about. Mitch, do you want to get us started or I can get us started? However you want to yeah, do it. I can get us started. Um, I think you think about baptism and you think about our daily lives in Christ. Baptism isn't just participating in Christ's death. That's a very important part of it, but we participate in the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Christ at baptism. Romans 6 mentions that if we've been united with him in a death like his, surely we'll be united with him in a life like his, not only in this age, but the age to come. Baptism is the point of salvation. It's the point of conversion. But to be converted means not only that you're converted into something, but you're also converted out of something. Um, Paul mentions in some of his letters that I'm sure Jordan will bring up about um, reminding people that they 
died to their older selves. I mean, that's a big principle of it. We are Our sin is crucified with Jesus on the cross through baptism. We participate in that work, and we are risen in to a resurrection. It's not just death. It's not just this thing that happened that we look back on. It is important to look back on it as the point we're saved, but it's also very much formative in our day-to-day lifestyle. It's a resurrection that we live out in a relationship with God. So that's just a little bit on my perspective on things. but Yeah, some of what prompted this to be what we wanted to focus on, one we wanted to talk about a little bit, starting with this episode is talking about just daily things we do with our rhythms and and kind of where those come from and why they're in place. But we also were talking about like what prompts those. And often the discussion of baptism can get stuck in the minutia or the, the nuance of this time and place and how it was done. And all those things are important to think through, especially from a biblical um, standpoint, like what's the Bible have to say about those things and how we understand the language, the Greek language that the Bible was written in the new Testament specifically. That's an important conversation. But beyond that, if that's all the conversation revolves around in my thinking, it ends up making baptism just about that point in time. And it's about, did it happen? Did it not happen? How did it happen? But it's still stuck back in that time. And yes, it happens in a, a moment in time. But baptism, as you see throughout the New Testament, especially in a lot of Paul's writings, has an impact on the everyday lifestyle of a follower of Jesus. It's something that followers of Jesus hearken back to or remember because it's a foundational or a pivotal moment. It's it's a, it's a grounding point for a follower of Jesus because it shaped the life that they're to live within Christ. And so that's kind of the conversation we want to talk about. And one of the things I wanted to bring up was just how baptism is something that shapes how we live life each and every day. And you see it just in the act itself, the, the idea of being buried and the idea of resurrecting the going into the water and the coming out of the water, those things, as much as they are images, but they're images that shape the type of life that we're called to live the, the dying to ourself and the rising in the hope of resurrection that we have in Christ and that resurrection hope driving the things that we do each and every day. So for instance, as a follower of Jesus, if I have resurrection hope, then I'm not trying to squeeze every bit of life out of today. But that's the belief of a lot of the world around us is that we only live once. So you got to squeeze it out now while you can get it because there's no more after that. But for a follower of Jesus, if they have resurrection hope, that's not the worldview that they have. So the resurrection that we have shown in our baptism that we were that we experience in coming out of the water again shapes the worldview that we're supposed to have in everyday life that I don't need to be fretting about today or I don't need to be fretting that I wasn't able to go do this thing because my hope isn't that, well, this is the only life I get and that's it. And that's not to say that life now doesn't matter. It does. And there's a whole uh, biblical and scriptural and uh, godly and Christ-centered worldview that support that. And we're not necessarily going to get into that today. But it is to say that we, as followers of Jesus, are called into a hopeful worldview, one that is based on the resurrection hope that we have in Christ. And that drives the decisions that we make each and every day, the way we approach our day, the way we approach the ups and downs of every day. And that's a different perspective than the, well, I have to get it now. Cause that one is a hurried perspective. It's a, 
um, take matters in my own ha- own hands perspective. It's uh, me over and against someone else perspective, and that's not the patient way that we see of Christ. It's not the humble or the servant um, attitude that we see in Christ, and all those things again kind of come out of the hope that we have that ultimately is centered in Christ. So that's one thing that I see connecting this idea of baptism into everyday life. And it it is a moment in time, but it's not just a moment in time that we did once and it has nothing to do with the rest of how we live and follow Jesus. It it paints and it's like a grounding point for, for how we follow Christ each and every day. You want to add anything more to that or something else that, that strikes you in this whole conversation? Yeah, I mean, I could kind of get into my more of a philosophical viewpoint on it in terms of not necessarily what I'm doing in terms of how I'm living out my life, but how I kind of look at my baptism and how it like affects me and shapes me today. Baptism for me was the point I was saved, right? And being saved means saved out of something and into something. So there is a past, my sins, which were forgiven and that happened at baptism. And I was, you know, all of those processes happened on that night. I was, you know, in my sin, but I was plunged into the water and I was taken out. My sin was gone. So why now on a day-to-day basis, even years later, would I want to go back to what I was saved from, right? I want to stay in the present and the future. I was saved out of my sin into Christ. So now I want to stay in Christ and staying in Christ means being obedient. It means laying down our lives for him on a daily basis. It means being his messenger. It means participating in his church. Um, being an active member, plugging in, utilizing our gifts. It does not mean reverting back to the person that we wanted to completely shut off. And that's kind of most of what guides my walk is don't live in the past that was crucified, but live in the present that was resurrected, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it hits at some of the angst, I think, that comes up for some people of, am I in right relationship with God? Maybe I've done something that's thrown that off course and which can get into a whole perspective of like a scale dynamic of like, I did, I've done more wrong than God, you know, than I've done right. And there's that whole dynamic. And it's not to say like doing the right thing or the, or doing something wrong. It doesn't have anything to do with following Jesus, but we often think of that as like the determining point. And Mike even highlighted this. Mike Bowers highlighted this in his message. Um, I'm pretty sure he did. If I remember right about, and you just mentioned it of like baptism being a moment in time that you can hearken back to as at least a memory of, Oh yeah, that's when I made that decision. That's when God met me in that moment. That's where I encountered, you know, an awareness of God's spirit. It's, it's all those different things that allow that angst to not be held upon our actions in the moment. Like, each and every day. I mean, none of us is perfect. We all make mistakes. Even those who are following Jesus, we're, we're on this you know, trajectory of coming out of the old way that, that we lived apart from God and into the new way and living with God. And so we're all in process, but we can often get hung up on like, well, that one thing to like kind of wreck the whole thing. And it's like, well, that's not the, the point. The point is you begin a journey when you are united to Christ in baptism and you're, and you're on that, that, journey now and you're somewhere along that journey and hopefully you're you know constantly per- going in a direction where you're becoming more and more mature in in the way of Christ but 
it's about maturity along that way. It's not about like, well, you messed up, so now you got to go back and start over again. And often we can get hung up. I mean, I've even had students ask me before, we've gone to a conference or something like that. And part of it's, it's an emotional moment that they have at a conference or during music or whatever it may be. And they're like, I don't know if I got baptized for the right reasons, or I feel like I should get rebaptized or something along those lines. And, and they're like missing the point that like baptism isn't something that is where you get back on track with God. It's where you begin the journey, but there's other things that can help us to get back on track with God. Moments of repentance. Uh, I've pointed before about how communion each and every Sunday can be mm-hmm. one of those where it like helps reground us. And even scripturally, you see communion being a more repetitive habit, if you will, of coming back into communion with God or a relationship with God. You don't see people getting rebaptized in scripture. It's just not, that's not that the moment or the habit that that's for, um, baptisms that, that one moment that where the journey started, but it, as Paul talks about, and Mitch hinted at, I was going to talk about a, a passage. Uh, you can see in Romans six where Paul in verse three, when, as he's talking to those he's writing to, he says, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? And just the mere way he presents it, comes to them saying like don't you remember when you were baptized like yeah that happened back then i'm not telling you to get rebaptized but he's using that moment in time to now shape how he wants them or how he's trying to instruct them to live in the moment so you see the two connected it, it's not like they had to redo it but it informs how they are in process in the moment or how they need to adjust their relationship with god to live more into the abundant life that, that god has for them so yeah, I, I see a lot of the connections that, that you were pointing to. Um, I know you mentioned earlier when we, before we start recording about how uh, baptism being like a moment of like realizing one's forgiveness with with God, and how again like yeah, we receive that forgiveness at that moment, but that then also shapes how we live into forgiveness today and tomorrow and the next day. Or when someone wrongs us today or tomorrow, that forgiveness that we receive from Christ in that moment also then shapes how we then live into forgiveness with ourselves, with others, the rest of the world, that kind of thing. So again, it's not that we have to like go through that moment each and every time, but it, it does shape how we live in following Christ each and every day. Any other thoughts you want to kind of throw in with this idea? Or? Yeah, I mean, similarly to bring up another scripture, I mean, Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized, therefore, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's repent and be baptized. I mean, repentance is a change of mind. It's a posture of the heart. It leads to real change, but it's not like this thing that ends. It's the long-term commitment. It lines up with our discipleship walk. It's, you know, we always are in the posture of repentance. It's a day-by-day basis. It's not like what Jordan's saying where it's like, okay, we need to go back to square one. It's like, no, you've already made this decision way back when it's like don't you remember this it's like therefore put off the old way and put on the new way it's not a process that has to be like absolutely perfect or it needs to be started over it's a process like jordan said it's a trajectory it's a posture it's a lifestyle so yeah i think one thing we want to try to do throughout um the episodes that we provide are just giving snippets if you will of rhythms and habits that that we try to take up in our own life and if there are ways that um 
might help there are ways that might help you who are listening or watching this to to take up into your own life and so if if you're up for it let's take a moment just kind of share like one thing that that we're currently have within our rhythms of life that help connect us to follow jesus on a daily basis kind of beyond just the 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 habit or rhythm of sunday morning which is probably the primary habit or rhythm that most people think of in following Jesus is the Sunday morning, the, the when you gather for worship, the service, that kind of thing. Um, so one thing that I do, I've, I'm, not, I'm not a morning person. If, if you know me, you know I'm like a morning person is, is not who I am. And so sometimes this is not front of mind a lot of times. But I when I do, I do try to make it happen. I would say it happens more than it doesn't, but I'll often catch myself like either later in the day sometime or even days later being like oh yeah i haven't been doing that but one thing i tried to do that i learned from a podcast and i can't remember the group that that initially kind of uh, gave this rhythm or this uh process if you will but i got it from the carrie newhoff podcast and basically it's the idea of like doing a few things every morning and one is just the idea of putting yourself in a posture of surrender. So one of the things I, I pray, if you will, is just telling God, like, I surrender my thoughts, words, and actions to you. So just the idea of, like, acknowledging that my my whole being needs to be surrendered to you in this coming day. And then I add follow that up with, like, help me to do that. Because knowing that, like, that's not something I'm just going to easily do, but I do need God's Spirit to help me to surrender in that sense. And then I follow that up with the with, with praying about, like, help me to be generous with my thoughts, words, and actions. Like, help my thoughts, words, and actions, my, my being to be extended and be a blessing to others around me. And then the last thing that I, that I pray for is for my thoughts, words, and actions to help other people move from unbelief to belief in the truth, beauty, goodness of God, that they can come to believe those things in what they encounter in, in Jesus and in the way I live out the life of Jesus in front of them, um, that they can go from unbelief to belief, whether even if they're a belief, follower of Jesus already, that there's something within my witness, if you will, that can help them to, to further embolden the, a belief in the goodness, the truth, the beauty uh, of who God is in Jesus. And so that, that's one rhythm that I try to, to do each and every morning. Again, like I'm not perfect at it, but it does help to ground my life in that it's not just a life I get to choose in and of myself. I've put myself and submitting myself to, to Jesus in a place where I want to have him to lead and guide that. And this is one way to sort of ground myself in that for each morning into each day. So that's, that's one rhythm that I try to implement into my life or, or have been trying to do. Mitch, what about you? Uh, one thing that I'll share right now is that uh, in the mornings, I always try to pray scripture. Uh, usually it's something that I've worked to memorize. So right now it's Ephesians 6, going over the full armor of God. And like I'll pray over each piece in like each term that it uses in a biblical sense so like using scripture to back up my definition of like well what is salvation what is righteousness what is truth what is peace what is faith what is the sword um, which in that case is said right there in the scripture but it could be first timothy it could be second timothy it could be first john it's just about wanting to connect the the palpable reality of scripture with the current reality that I'm in today. It's like, this was true 2000 years ago and it's true today. And I need to use it to be full of God's presence 
today. Um, so the most eloquent way of saying it, but it's, it's just about connecting the truth of God's word to my life and asking God to help me live out that truth in the scriptures to the people around me in that moment. So that's usually how I try to start my day. Like Jordan said, I'm not perfect at that either, but, uh, I just try and make sure I'm in the word of God and in prayer every morning. You have anything further you want to add for this week? Whoever made Italian cheese bread at Little Caesars deserves the first Nobel Prize in Culinary Arts. Okay. Because I don't think that's a Nobel Prize yet, right? <laughs> Probably not. I, I highly doubt that uh, Little Caesars is being highly I'm prob- regarded for that, but... I'm probably you could be the one to champion that cause. That's for sure. I might cut that out (laughs) because I didn't have anything to say. No, we're totally good. But um, yeah, I hope everyone has a good rest of their week. And again, we're trying to aim at helping connect people, uh, connect corporate worship to everyday discipleship, and just how they can live out following Jesus the other 168 hours actually all 168 hours of the week beyond that one hour on Sunday morning. So there's 167 beyond Sunday, but in total, if you add the Sunday morning, it's 168 hours. So we're, our, our conversation is aiming at trying to help people blend those two together and, and make it kind of one fluid thing from Sunday to Sunday. So thank you everybody for joining us this week and we'll catch you next time.